This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, speaking to Oanda senior market analysts from around the world. And today it is Jeff Halley in Singapore. Good morning from London, Jeff. Good afternoon from Singapore. So last night in New York, there was a big spike in the Nasdaq, nearly 4% higher. So those tech stocks certainly bouncing back. How are Asian markets today? They're a bit more mixed today, to be honest, Johnny. The Nasdaq bounced back because the three-year bond auction, the US bond auction last night, had a very strong bid-to-cover ratio. So there was a high demand for the bonds. That uh, temporarily receded the uh, higher-yield inflation fears. So that... uh, sort of unwinded. What we've seen this week is the Dow Jones outperform. It's full of cyclical legacy companies and the 2020 darlings, which mostly reside in the NASDAQ, have been sold. So that rotation um, reversed course last night, if only temporarily. In Asia today, we've seen a bit of a mixed performance, really. After initially rallying, Australia sunk into the red. Most of ASEAN, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand are sort of each side of unchanged. Tokyo's flat. What's been interesting is that the CSI 300 and the Shanghai Composite, which both got hammered the day before, saw intervention from government-linked entities buying stocks yesterday to stop the rot. We saw today that they rallied, then fell into the red, and then all of a sudden they went into positive territory. They've since sunk back to around unchanged. So I think those government-related investment funds are still out there uh, supporting those markets. Well, meanwhile, Jeff, Joe Biden's coronavirus relief package, or $1.9 trillion of it, is expected to clear a vote in the House of Representatives today. Uh, The updated bill includes a new round of means-tested direct payments of up to $1,400 for most American adults. We spoke about this the other day, of course. A weekly top-up of $300 in federal unemployment benefits and another $350 billion worth in aid to state and local governments. It's a big expansion. And last night we heard a, a bullish speech from Janet Yellen, U.S. Treasury Secretary, and uh, she said, if we do our job, I'm confident that Americans will make it to the other side of this pandemic and be met there by some measures of prosperity. So she's really looking on the positive and optimistic side, isn't she? Yes, she is. And I I can't help but agree with her. I think the government could be accused in the global financial crisis. And we're all experts in hindsight, let's face it, uh, of not doing enough and being rapid enough. This time around, they've basically thrown the kitchen sink at it via the fiscal stimulus route. It hasn't been easy to get it across the line, but uh, it's it's the right thing to do. And it will add fuel to the uh, American recovery, signs of which we can see in the data already quite clearly, uh, and get to that escape velocity. The vaccination program is progressing quite well at the moment as well. Uh, So there's a few positives around the states. And it's unsurprising, perhaps, that inflation expectations have risen because of that. There are some, though, who are suggesting that because the American economy is doing better than expected, we saw the non-farm payroll last Friday, of course, higher than expected, that maybe we don't need this amount of relief in this package, uh, certainly less than the near $2 trillion. Would you concur with that opinion? Uh, No, I think you can't. uh, It's easy to undershoot these sorts of uh, packages, but it's it's a little harder to have the courage to go hard and really get escape velocity. 
we have to realize that there's also um, there's 10 million Americans less in employment now than before the pandemic. So a lot of the, the talk you'll hear from Federal Reserve officials and Treasury officials isn't about the steepening of the yield curve. It's the fact that unemployment is still 10 million jobs below what it was before the start of the pandemic. And I think a lot of this fiscal stimulus is directed at making that trend reverse. And uh, so I, I believe that uh, investing counter-cyclically uh, in recessions is the right thing for governments to do anyway. The only problem is so many governments also run massive deficits during the good times as well. And that's where the problem comes in. Meanwhile, Jeff, oil down and gold up. Yeah, gold had a pretty good rally last night. Uh, it rose something like $35. A lot of that was down to it being oversold on a technical basis on the short-term indicators, uh, but also the retreat by uh, US yields and the US dollar as stocks rose. But it's still very much a chasing its tail sort of market as well. Uh, and when markets chase their tails back and forth on a daily basis, it's usually a sign that there is a big directional move going on. Gold is definitely not out of the woods yet. And uh, if these US bond auctions that we're going to talk about don't go well tonight and tomorrow, we could easily see gold down towards $1,600 an ounce. Oil itself is in corrective territory. It rose over 10% in the space of a few days. It's retraced about half of that. I do believe, though, that there is a structural deficit in supply now on a daily basis in oil markets and oil's a buy on dips and we are going to see Brent make its way back to $70 once this corrective price action has run its course. Before we talk about those US bond options, a quick word about the opening of a bit more dialogue between the USA and China. Certainly overtures coming from the Secretary of State Antony Blinken's department and I would imagine that markets are hopeful that relations become a little bit warmer because it's been a, a tricky last couple of years. Mm, it's probably an understatement there. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll get that much warmer if they're going to hold the talks in Alaska, which is what they're talking about at the moment. <laughs> uh, it could well be still quite frosty, but I think this is leaving the door ajar uh, to, to, to uh, some sort of reconciliatory uh, process. I don't think things are going back to the way they used to be. I, I think that uh, parts of the Western world now will be much more militant towards uh, the way that uh, China conducts uh, commerce internationally and within its own country, and that uh, the, the barriers have gone up there, and this is the new normal. All of us, smaller countries in between, are going to have to get used to trying to keep China and the USA on both sides of that divide happy and the challenge will be negotiating uh, down the middle of, of that path. So, uh, but if relations do improve, that would be positive for Mike. That actually is a genuine Trump legacy, isn't it? The new normal with China, and uh, perhaps some would be thankful for it. You know, I don't actually agree with a lot of things that uh, Donald Trump uh, did, in all honesty, but actually one thing I do agree with him on was China. China has run some very mercantilist, one-sided policies uh, for many, many years now. Uh, well, pretty much since they joined the World Trade Organization. So uh, if they're going to make China or force China to play on a more level playing field, I don't have any disagreements with that. Okay, um, let's move to the rest of the stories we should look out for today. And uh, off air, you were talking to me about US bond options and why those are important today. Tell us more. 
Yeah, so we've got, uh, well, okay, let's circle back a bit. Most of the action in yields at the moment has been at what we call the long end of the yield curves. So we've seen Australian government bonds rise in the sort of three to 10 year tenor. Uh, we've seen uh, German bunds, which I believe are anything from 10 to 30 years rising as well in yield terms. In US uh, yield terms, it's really been the 10-year and the 30-year bond yields that have risen. The 10-year bond yield is known in financial circles as the, the risk-free rate of return, and it's basically the yield that uh, investment decisions are based on um, all over the world. So it's really the cornerstone of um, Western finance, if you like. Anyways, we've got two very large government bond options, uh, one tonight for the 10 years and one tomorrow in the 30 years. It will be very critical that there's a strong bid to cover ratio. That, that's the ratio of the number of interested buyers uh, to the amount of bonds that are being sold. If that, becomes, if that comes in tonight very weak, i.e. there's not many uh, parties interested in buying those bonds, that is going to put upward pressure on yields because that's the, the logical uh, correction to that state of affairs. Investors are clearly asking for a higher yield uh, in return for their money. That will almost certainly reverse those uh, rallies we saw yesterday. I'd expect gold to move uh, lower quite strongly. The dollar will start appreciating again, and I expect that equities will come under quite some pressure, and that will definitely be concentrated in the tech-heavy Nasdaq. Okay, Jeff Halley in Singapore. Thanks for joining us this morning. My pleasure. The Oanda Podcast.